0: Everybody enjoyed their wild sports weekend. We're back. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jennifer Rolnick, and Sammy McKee. What a roller coaster it was. Masters, Jays take two out of three. And everything Austin Matthews touch turns to gold. Glad everybody's aboard wherever you're watching and listening on our Sportsnet live youtube channel sports 590 the fan or wherever you're downloading uh your podcast glad you're aboard to start this week and what a week it will shape up to be sammy where do we begin Whew. jb i know you're right here but uh i'm thinking sammy's gonna once again come in off of uh, matthew's two goal game mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. And, you know with a moonwalk but I think he's a little down and out because his men's beer league team got ripped (laughs) off. That's where we're starting with the zigzags? A a goal. Like, seriously, you you send me this text. Like, it might be something that we have to start Monday's show on. (laughs) So that's what I'm doing.
1: Boys got jobbed last night. Uh, Clearly no goal. Everyone on the ice said no goal. Backside official (laughs) overruled the goal line official. Said it went into the net. Clearly didn't go into the net. Our goaltender happened to put up a GoPro. We have video proof. Lost by a goal. So let me get Caught this straight. Lost by a goal.
0: There's video because you guys set up a, a camera behind the glass? I don't do it. It's a, the goalie. Does it. that's, <laughs> that's taking beer league
2: hockey a little too far. Uh, I guess the question is, Outside of this exact scenario, what are you hoping to record? Get a big save. Have something to And know, then what? I don't know. No. Show your girlfriend? Go to maybe, the bar?
1: Maybe. I don't know. Hey. Listen, I don't, I'm not going to speak for my boy, Steph. He's a great goalie, great guy. He likes to put him a GoPro. I don't know what the hell he's doing. All gonna right. All Steph, right. We'll
0: leave him alone. You're not going to play in the NHL, Steph. <laughs> Just listen give me a to chance. me. <laughs> Just give me a chance. <laughs> Let it go, Steph. Uh,
1: yeah. We got a chance next week, but yeah, tough loss for the boys last night tough loss tough loss uh yeah Uh they're gonna be thrilled you just made their day no oh, they all listen well
2: zigzags. we'll do a weekly zigzags update no let's not do that
0: all right so uh okay how do you how do you seriously not start off the show and just uh talk <laughs> number 34 yeah and how again on saturday night it was shaping up not whether or not he'll score but how many will he finish off and uh two goals in a blink of an eye, and you're sitting there going, could this be one of those uh, three, four, five-goal nights?
2: Yeah, it just felt like a, a glitch in the game. Like It was like, is he playing on rookie mode? Is the other team participating? It, it's really, and I said this to my wife at the time, I don't remember, and maybe this is like an of my age thing, I don't remember watching hockey and feeling like it was that unfair for one or two guys, Matthews and Marner. It just felt like... The other team beating themselves the way that like Tiger Woods' opposition used to beat him, it just felt so inevitable and lopsided that they were just going to score.
0: Sammy,
1: yeah, it's just an inevitability at this point for Matthews, and I've never seen anything like it. Um, the second goal was so filthy; just cuts into the middle, shoots it in. The first, the sec, uh, the first one's just his going to the net, finding a goal in front. It's just he scores in every different way. Like there's just no way he. You know, it just used to be the rister from the top of the circle. There wasn't much else that he would use to do. He's developed year after year now, and he's just finding a way to score goals at a rate unlike anyone has scored goals in, like, 10 years in the NHL. It's unbelievable.
0: Well, let's pick up this conversation after after we hear from our first Kippers Clippers of the Week with Sheldon yeah. Keefe on Matthews.
3: Uh, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's a moment there, especially the second one goes in. Uh, Spez turned around and kind of... Gave I me mean, the uh the eyes like it's something special and no doubt. Uh yeah, it's it's fun. I mean he he I was surprised he stopped it too, to be honest with the way that he was playing and like he, he felt like he was gonna have a serious night. Um but you know, it didn't go in for him the rest of the way. But he was uh he was great tonight, you know, for him to come, you know, he's Establish the the record and come back home here, but he's clearly not uh, satisfied. So he's continuing to to push himself and our team.
0: And I think Sheldon spoke of this uh, at the end of the last week. The whole key out of this is that it's it's not a f- doesn't feel like it's overly forced. We had said two mm. weeks ago that there were moments when you see it kind of forced right but now it's not and they're having team success so just enjoy the ride
2: yeah no it doesn't feel like it's taken over well first off if it's like driving Matthews this gold chase to play the way he's playing well great you know I, I don't think they'd have any problem with that just he's been so good I just I think it speaks to how special it is that a guy like Jason Spezza would turn around and look at Keith two guys who know the game and have been around and give it the like you seeing this I th-
0: Maybe it was, uh, he looks tired. Maybe I should sit in for a few shifts Spence on him. going,
2: A's. Hey, giving him time to sit him down for a sec. <laughs> actually, I don't, I don't know what his ice time was on uh, Saturday, but he has been playing a ton. They've been rolling him out there 24 minutes. And- I'm glad you brought that up because every t-
1: game I watch the Leafs now, and I don't know if it's just his dominance of, or he's actually playing a lot more, but it just feels like he's out there every other shift. Like he's just, his impact on the game there can't be more guys in the league that impact the game he does, the way he does right now in all facets. Like, he just feels like he is everywhere. Yeah. Defensive zone, neutral zone, offensive zone. It, I don't know how he's in three places at once, but it just feels like he is.
2: I mean, the way Matthews and Marner get pucks back, I know Bunting is on the line too, but the way they get pucks back, is just yeah. teams just seem to like, be throwing it away before they can take it away. It's just they spend the whole game in the zone. Yeah, it was 21 minutes the other night, but yeah, it's it is really unbelievable. My question, I guess, is he's at fifty eight when they have ten games left. You know, what is the expectation here? Like do you think
0: I gotta think that he'll continue to get these looks and I I I'd say probably if if he snake bit one two games, he still should be able to finish with another six goals. Yeah. You know, uh, is, in
2: 10 games. Ovi's career high in a season is 65, which is interesting that that mm-hmm. feels like it's in play. I just hope that there's not some chase at the end of the season where it's like, should we rest him, healthy him, play him 16 minutes? And it's like, no, 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 we need to push him through so he can play for some individual, yeah. you know? till oh. he
0: gets hurt the last game and we're <laughs> screaming at him. Uh, but I, I I don't believe in that. What would I, be I believe if he, if he's feeling... Really well, yeah. And he and it's and it, there seems to be a a, a, a a rhythm to what's going on. Uh, wants to play, play. Yeah. Doesn't want to play, don't play. It's it's that simple. Don't overthink it. Don't overanalyze it. And uh, enjoy it. Yeah. Well, he's at. He's going to get to sixty, right? So
1: yeah. That's the next big milestone. But then after that, what is it?
2: I, I guess Ov's single 65? season yeah. for me is the yeah. only thing.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there's guys that have scored more than 65. So I think once right. you get to 60, it's kind of, I think the, the not, 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 not that you're going to rest them or whatever, but I think you can be like, hey, Austin, you're maybe going to give you a night off at some point towards the end of the, if they're solidified in their spot and they're not mm-hmm. insulting him.
2: Austin, uh, going back a year uh, to April 9th of 2021, Austin Matthews has scored 71 times. Uh, over just one 365 day span, um, second to that time is Leon Drysadel, 59, so a dozen goals less, and then seven behind him is Kaprizov, Kreider, and McDavid. So, I mean, we're talking about it's not like is it OV or is it who's the best goal scorer in the league now? It's Matthews.
0: And uh, it, th- there's a sense, and uh, you know my my stance on on Matthews as a centerman. And the thing that I've liked the most about this recent torrid pace, to me, mm-hmm. is that he is now looking more like a a centerman than an Ovechkin winger, a Stamkos you know winger when he was scoring all those goals. I love the fact that he is now, I think, in my opinion, looking a lot more dangerous to pass the puck He's than passing shoot the, the puck. Well, there was a two-on-one
2: where he tried to right? set up Mikheyev or yep. something, and, and he, I was like, wow. And he's
0: still going. To me, that's he looks more like a centerman than he ever has yeah. before.
2: Yeah. and There's no doubt he's not I also, just hogging the puck or something.
0: I, I also got to think that part of the reason why he's even that much more dangerous in, in the last weeks, if not months, is the fact that Marner has stepped up as a goal scorer, yeah. that this is no longer a guy that's... Looking at 20 or 19 goals or 21, this is now a legitimate 30, 35-goal score, which, again, makes other defenders... You can't just cheat off them. Can't cheat off of them now. Yeah. It's an awesome point. Yeah, okay. man- I Think of that. And Marner
2: is now... As long as
0: they're going to play together, if they're both a threat to go out there, and again, Marner now is a threat to score from 30 or 40 feet out, mm-hmm. that changes the dynamics of the looks and and the feel of just overcompensating on
2: Matthews. He's opened himself up for one timers. I don't remember ever seeing Marner do that in the past where he finds a soft spot and opens up and looks to hit one. Cause I, I don't think in the past he thought he could Marner now has 69 points in, uh, in the calendar going back to January 1st. No player in the NHL has more. So we're, this is a big sample size here. 70 points in like 40 games basically for this kid. He's on a tear on pace for 120 over an 82 game season. So uh, that's a big part of it too for Matthews, is the two of them working together.
1: Yeah, I just I love watching them play so much. It's just I I almost feel bad for the rest of the team because I there's so many great players and Matt so Tavares and Nylander are such great players in their own okay. right? And then it's like, oh, can we just get Matthews and Marner back out there? Okay. I was really enjoying watching. Yeah, that. can we get them back out there? Okay, so twenty five minutes a night, thirty minutes a night.
0: Excellent segue to my next kind of thought process. Here is that. Your focus is: Can we just get Matthews and Marner out there? What do we want out of those last ten games mm-hmm. away from a Matthews or a Marner conversation? Because I like I like the look of the Leafs forwards. I like the look of their forecheck. I like they're they're noticeable. But is there enough offense? Or is this going to – are they going to scout – are teams going to now prep for the Leafs in the playoffs? Much like Sammy just said, it's the Matthews and Marner show here. But, but if there's a chance that a team has some success shut, shutting them down, mm-hmm. do we need to see even more of an from upside below them. from below
2: them? So – you know, remember last year, they didn't have Tavares. So obviously that helps to begin with. But since they've taken Nylander off Tavares line, Tavares, uh, all of his sort of underlying numbers and his actual goal scoring numbers are, are up. He's, he's getting in. He had six shots last game. He scores one. Uh, Mikheyev has been such a force there as someone just getting the puck back, right? He's in on the four check. He allows between Kerfoot and Mikheyev. They're fast. So I know those guys aren't Tavares' speed, but I think it allows Tavares to play in the offensive zone a little bit more. I like that It'd line. It would be nice for them to get on a real run here.
0: I mean, right. the averages are there, point a game. Yep. Tavares will end up with, what, 75 Five. points? Yeah. Do they need to show that, uh, they, that they can carry an offense if, in fact, it does calm down mm-hmm. for Matthews and Marner?
2: Well, you know, if they're able to contribute, you know, like a goal a game type of thing, I think if you look to the next line that suddenly has William Nylander on it, like they, they have been finding third line offense. The question is just what is the third line with Willie on it? That, that to me is where the Leafs have an issue is you don't want to lose the value of Willie Nylander by saying you're a third line guy who plays 16 minutes and starts in the D zone. Like. You know, he's better than that and can do more for a team in a line than that. So, I don't know. What do you think of Nylander, Kempf, and Engvall, Kind of yeah. a curious mix, right?
0: Yeah. I, I would try to get them going as much as I could on the offense. Start I them on the offense zone. I, I, yeah,
2: yeah, whatever it
0: takes. I just, I would hope that, you know, as as great as this run has been, I'd like to see other other contributors a little bit higher up in the uh, in the mm. scoring department. That's all.
2: Yeah. No, I'm with you there. Because
0: the, the only worry you have is, number one, if it does cool down somewhat, to what degree? Like if, if you're now cool down Matthews line should score every game. If, if you're now starting to prep for the Leafs, wh- where is the percentage of the focus going to be on just shutting down Matthews and Marner? Well, here's the thing. Let me say about Matthews. <laughs> to, I, I know we talked about last year and the playoffs, but they are at a different
1: level right now than they were going into the playoffs last year. I think they're they're a year older, they're a year stronger, they're a year better. I think drawing up a plan to shut them down this year is a
2: whole different kettle of fish than it was last year. Well, Let me do two two quick takes here, and I did this one on the morning show already. Matthews has 13 goals in the playoffs in 32 games, which is if you did it over 82-game season, it's like a 33-34-goal season. And we're talking about his rookie years, his young seasons. And we're talking about playing the best teams in the league. He still produces in the postseason. Last year, he scored yeah. once. He scored in the playoffs throughout his whole career. So I'm not going to act like this guy has a history of disappearing. Not to mention in Montreal, I thought he was very good for four or five yeah. games. But then, not
0: but him and Marner are right there. I yeah. think
2: they're a point apart. No, you're right. No, they've been very good uh, typically in the postseason. Last year, he didn't go great. Got it. Um, with Matthews now, it's like, how do you shut him down? You know, you talk about game planning for them. I guess you lean on him a bit more. You give him a few shots. But, like, there's no pattern to where he's shooting from, scoring from. I don't even know what you would say aside from yeah. give him one in the chops when he can, spear him behind the play, interfere. I don't know. Just more of an assignment, more of an individual. Uh, the way that Dino took it on and said, okay, this is exactly. the thing I do.
0: And yeah. then, you know, you, you, you tag team it with your number one shutdown guy.
2: I almost think that, like, if you're Florida, though, or whoever it's going to be, I guess Sorelli could do it for Tampa Bay, you know, point, but then point's not going to produce as much offense. It's just not many people who can do what Deneau did and not care if they score. Deneau had the luxury of literally not caring if he scored. Um, You know, the other teams are going to need some offense from a point or from a... What I saw
0: also Saturday night, I think is more uh, conducive to playoff type of scoring. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Meaning that you watch the Leafs go up 2-1 I I'm, I'm sorry 2-nothing Montreal makes it 2-1 I like the fact that uh uh it didn't get to 2-2 mm-hmm. or they didn't blow an early lead uh to go to 3-1 and then uh, off the Tavares goal and then shut down the rest of the way mm-hmm. is playoff type of winning hockey right which I think again is is a good sign, albeit Montreal, albeit one of the worst teams overall in over 82 you games. You only beat who you play. But to me, that's another good sign for the Toronto Maple Leafs.
2: Let's, let's have Sheldon Keefe's quote on that, and, uh, and we'll carry on on that point.
3: The energy and vibe of the team has been very good. The things that we've asked them to do and adjust and focus on, they've really embraced it. Uh, we think we've played some really good Defensive hockey here, and, you know, it's not perfect at times today. It's certainly not perfect, um, you know, but we've been putting ourselves consistently in positions to win games. And, you know, in Florida, we didn't get it done, but we were in a position to do so because of how we played. And, and in Dallas, we were, played a good game, put ourselves in a position, didn't like that we gave up the leads. Um, we actually talked about that uh, this morning yesterday was, was essentially an off day or travel day. We didn't address the team. So we talked this morning about that situation, the one-goal leads, and the fact that we gave them up and things that we would want to do better. It's just so happens we were right in that same situation tonight, and I thought our third period was, with the exception of the one Gallagher chance he gets in behind us there, I thought it was a pretty flawless period in the third there. I uh, didn't give up very much at all. Uh, so that's those kind of things our guys have really embraced and done very well. Those kind of things are the things that we've been talking from day
0: one, basically, on style of play and what the Leafs need to do to improve sounds like they have been listening to our show.
2: I think they they do as a team. I think they gather around <laughs> the YouTubes. They no, really you have all those meetings. <laughs> Mandatory three to five meetings <laughs> <Yeah>. every day. <laughs> but, nice. <laughs> but it is funny that they had like a day off, and the first thing they went in and talked about the next day was protecting one goal leads. Like this is going to be something they have to do in the postseason. Um, and to throw back to earlier shows that we've had, this is one of the things we said that – I wasn't as sure about Timothy Lilligren. And then my complaint with the Leafs was like, who are you going to put over the boards on D Giordano has, has helped, right? He's a guy that they put out in those situations in the final minute. And they say, I, I feel pretty comfortable that we've got this looked after. It hadn't felt that way before him. Yeah.
0: I, I put Labushkin right there as well. A right. guy that can separate a guy and eliminate him off of, of a, off of a play. It's not how, how many hits on
2: Saturday for him.
0: Two handfuls, right? Ten hits for Labushkin. And how many guys have come out of a first fifty games? How many guys have come out of a corner not eliminated and get it get to the front of the net? Mm-hmm. And it's just there, there's two guys that have given the Leafs a different feel. Well,
2: you had Dermott before, or you had Lilligren, or you had Sandine, who I would say that that's also one of his flaws. Love Sandine. Um, someone who, by the way, looks like will be back for playoffs or Keith was saying maybe a week before playoffs, he should be eligible to skate, but that was one of his is still one of his weaknesses too. He doesn't protect the net front particularly well. So it had, those were both huge additions for them. Um, and I do think that that's why you're seeing Lilligren out and Labushkin in. I think they went into Florida and they said, we don't like how we protected the front of our net. Not that Lilligren made any mistakes. Wasn't his fault at all, but I just thought they missed Labushkin. And now having him back in, I feel like they feel comfortable with him in those situations. And so it's not about Lilligren, it's about liking Labushkin for them. Still plenty to
0: come up uh, in terms of the Leaf Talk with Jim Ralph. He's going to join us in about uh, 20 minutes time. Rick Talkett in the second hour as well. Here's a guy that uh, has gone through so much uh, in his career, including watching Mario score, what, 69 goals in 60 games. So we'll get a sense (laughs) of uh, what maybe he thinks austin and the toronto maple leafs are going through so we can't wait to have him on the show as well as far as uh now, what was that? Uh, you you guys did some math before the show, figure out how many hours we've actually talked about the t- Toronto Maple Leafs, <laughs> or more specifically,
2: about their goaltending. Yeah. What was the uh, what was the uh, over-under on that number? Sammy said, do you think we've talked about goalies for 25 hours this year? <laughs> uh, doing the math, we've been on the air for about 250 hours. There's no chance it's only 10%. So we've nah. probably talked 50 to 60 hours on the Leafs goaltending, I would Derek's say. Derek's going way <laughs> up, way up. And I'm sitting it's there justified. going, I've, I've had
0: had thoughts on his on jack campbell's contract longer than that i know <laughs> i just right? know
2: like i don't know about heaven or hell but i can just see myself when my life is over going What did i spend my time on talking about leafs backup goaltending all right so Sh- uh Sh- uh shulgren it's been a while since
0: i've said his name yeah comes oh, off man. a perplexing game against florida uh right back in the fire saturday night montreal hockey night in canada and sheldon keith This Kippers Clipper had this
3: about him and his performance. Add another one to the list tonight because I thought Eric Schalgren was outstanding. I mean, I know he's had some good games here. He had a shutout and... All of that, but for me, this was his best game. At least the most comfortable that I felt it on the bench. There, like he was. We gave up some really good chances for them in the first period, especially a couple of breakaways. You know, the two of their best players are Anderson and Caulfield. They're in alone, and he stands tall on those. it's two on one. He makes a big save on Suzuki. So there's are three best players and offensively, and he's standing tall there. Uh, I, I thought he was excellent. So there's just a lot of good things happening around the team.
0: All right, just uh, before we go into Shalgren and, and what we saw Saturday and what we can expect, uh, there is a thought, or not a thought, the, the Leafs have announced that uh, uh, Shalgren will play against the Buffalo Sabres. That's weird. Tomorrow Why? Tomorrow night <laughs> uh, because Jack Campbell, quote unquote, not 100%. Is that safe, Sammy? Yes. Is that is that the word on the street? Yeah, yeah. I honestly don't want to confirm it.
1: I don't even want to put it out in the air. But yes, that's correct. So, what does that mean? Ribs? He still has ribs. Ribs not hundred percent. I have
0: n- n- no idea.
1: I mean, playing in the NHL is hard, and probably tired or sore, and they feel like they have. But a he's chance been to- off
0: for uh,
1: five weeks. Yeah, but they got a chance to beat the Sabers without him, right? Like I'm. Listen, I am just doing. Just trying to justify listen. this without <laughs> I,
0: panicking. You, you can justify anything you want, but I mean, to publicly say that he's not a hundred percent, I don't. I mean, well, it's not good. <laughs> it's great that they're honest, but yeah. <laughs> do you want that energy out there that ah. you're your number one goalie after well, a five-week... are going have week... to answer a question, though, regardless, right? About why he's not playing. Well,
1: I, I think it's a pretty easy. Like, if I'm, I agree with Kipper here. He didn't need to say anything. He didn't be like, hey, why is going? He had a great start against Montreal. We want to give Jack a little bit more rest here well, before the playoffs. Now, now we're Jack's doing a ba- drama. J- thing. Jack's
0: not backing up either. So, I mean, maybe. You could have hid that with just uh, another day of maintenance or rest or, you know, big picture. Ten games, big picture. Sheldon said all along this is about preparing for the playoffs. It's not necessarily to get Austin to 65
2: or or Jack every start. How about this? How about I hope it's his rib? Because what if it's not? Is it it groin? Is it his head? Is it... You go back to
1: the last time he started was against Dallas and he got bowled over by... Was that Raffle that bowled him over? Somebody yeah. bowled him over, nailed him into the... Yeah, and like, then come went, on, be ribs. And then it went down the other way and Willie scored. I don't, like, know, right I after. don't want it to be the ribs.
0: What else could it because be that he'd like? I'll tell you, if it's the ribs, then this thing is going to be nagging the rest Ugh. of the way. Right. He had He had come off a month, over a month to heal this thing. If that didn't get the job done, then... He's going to have to deal with this thing on a day-to-day basis, and if it's not good enough for him to back up or start Tuesday, then there's a chance that we may go into the playoffs and this thing's still nagging. He may not have consecutive starts.
2: Uh, now, let me ask you, is it a bad thing if a goalie is hesitant to get hit in the chest? Is that is that a bad thing for your hockey team?
0: Yes. Yeesh. I, in all honesty, man, I hope it's something else because that – I just has don't, a better chance to heal 100 no percent than uh, a nagging injury. There's just not a lot of good body parts to be hurt for Did he have it, a
1: cold? You, you just use that. Yeah, maybe maybe he had some bad shellfish. Let's hope. That's that's my my hope because. Bad sushi on the charter. Wh- wh- what part of your body don't you use as a goalie? Like it's a you're using <laughs> everything: knees, <laughs> hips, toes, yeah. everything. So. It's a little scary.
0: Boys. So what did you make of Shalgren's performance? I'm, I'm with Sheldon. I think it was uh, uh, one of his best ones yet. Uh, and listen, I mean, I was as critical and continue to be critical over that debacle in Florida. And at the end of the day, if if that's all you have, then, you know, by all means, hang your hat on that and mm-hmm. pump the tires as much as you can. Because you don't have any other choice. Right. But for the most part, if we can just eliminate that that moment in Florida, I mean, he's done everything that you've asked of him. Mm-hmm. But now to throw in, oh, by the way, um, we haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1967, and we're really going to need you down the stretch it's here. It's scary. is not ideal.
2: It's scary about there, what may be asked of him here.
0: There is a
1: world where... Eric Schulger is game one starter for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's just,
2: and I think you might call that unacceptable. I would, you know, for for the Leafs to have allowed a situation, you know, to go into the past the trade deadline with only two guys who kinda trusted, you kind of trusted. I know, said it, was, it the day
1: uh, the day we did the show. Like, yeah. how did you not make a trade for a goalie? Yeah, and well, they had four good ones. Now you have
0: you one and a half. You a year ago you went over the top and yes. spent a third round pick for a guy that and all he did was sit in the stands. And yet this might've been the year to spend a third rounder on, on something out there. But again, we, we went through it with outside of Marc-Andre Fleury,
2: like what was really out there? Yeah, maybe Wedgwood who ended up in Dallas and you know, it's not like he's a guy who is awesome. You know, like he's got a world beating NHL resume. But
0: it, how much do you factor in, at least Wedgwood's got games. NHL
2: experience. I factor in quite a bit. And we talked about him on the way up to the trade deadline as an option. The, the thing with Shulgren, uh his performance on Saturday that stands out to me is like, Keith also mentioned we were flawless in the third period outside one chance. We were perfect. You know, like it, it, it was a great game for Shulgren to get his confidence back to get the things going in the right direction. Cause yeah, Kipper like something should have been done. It is what it is now, and you're right. The one thing I will say, if it is Campbell, less so Shalgren, Shalgren is just thinking about the, the goalies who've won Stanley Cups over the year years, whether it's Biddington or Holtby hadn't done it or Corey Crawford hadn't done it. Matt Murray. Matt Murray hadn't done it. You know, it's not like goaltenders haven't come in and played well and had success. I'm not saying Shalgren's yeah. that guy, but I yeah. I'm, I mean, if Jack's all right. Listen,
0: I everything points into the direction that over the course of history that, you know, there aren't that many Ken Dryden's uh, uh, and, and Jordan Benningtons to come out of nowhere right. and, and win a Stanley cup. But there's never been a, a salary cap scenario where there's been so many opportunities for that. True. That's you want to play the percentages. Just look at the percentages of guys that would even have that opportunity and look at, the percentages of those opportunities now being presented to
2: yeah, but there's a dozen right? of them this Swayman year. Yeah.
0: and Jack Campbell, Brovsky, guys who haven't done it, um, Washington, um, <laughs> Semsonov. Yeah, right. So okay, everybody check too. Uh, everybody's got that opportunity now yeah so the percentages will tell you someone's gonna
2: come through unless it's Vasilevsky S- someone's gonna have a story and please that, let that me nobody remind expected you that Vasilevsky was that guy who blew it and they got swept against Columbus and he couldn't get over the hump he got beat by Allo until he wasn't until so, he wasn't yeah.
1: and he's also the least likely first round matchup
0: right is now. it yeah you know, for, for the Leafs is it Campbell that's gonna get that first opportunity or, or Shulgren but
2: it's <laughs> it better be coming, Campbell, man. It's, Lord, it's coming for one of them. How about Tampa though? Like Tampa looking like their first round matchup and and struggling. I know they won their last game, but kind of limping around a little bit. It's it, tough to tell if they're a wolf in sheep's clothing or if they're a sheep. But probably a wolf in sheep's clothing.
0: And 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 nowhere. N- n- as much as you've been around the game, watched it, studied it, experienced it, no clue. No, I don't know. <laughs> no clue which which team's gonna show up. Yeah. can uh, you one just that, turn it on? That looks like it's loaded or the one that says, Oh my god, what took you guys so long to run out of gas?
2: Right. You can see either storyline playing itself out. All right, we got three more talking points we wanted right. to hit before the break. We only got ten minutes. All so. right.
0: Uh, and we touched a little bit about this uh I just from a sixty thousand feet view, uh on that's uh Mark uh Giordano and where you see him longer term than this season. Yeah. And was it uh, Luke Fox that uh, wrote something today about uh, possibly extending him? In one of his quick shifts, Luke
1: does a great job on Sportsnet and puts together like a little quick shift sort of um, thing with a bunch of talking points, and the geo extension was one of them. And he was asked about it, and he said, no, kind of just focusing on where we're at now kind of thing. Obviously, he's not going to be like, yeah, I'm looking to sign an extension, but this kind of got me wondering about and kind of revisiting it. We can listen to Keith. but
0: Sheldon Keith loves, loves this man. Yeah.
1: Like, every time he's asked about him, he speaks glowingly of him. So,
0: Well, he's changed, he's changed the dynamic of that blue line. So do you want to listen to that? Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, it's been huge. I mean, obviously, we're able to spread out the minutes here now. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure we it all sorted out tonight, but we just feel like we're able to balance that better. Um, as we've talked about before, it <clears throat> feels like there's a lot less – Times where teams can really wear on a shift over shift, we seem to be able to put out a fire uh, quicker, and I think that 's because we have guys on on each pair that have the ability to do that, and certainly geo is is one of the best ones we have at that in terms of his stick his positioning his competitiveness around our net um, so that 's really helped our the depth for sure, and I think that that Really helps us clean up a lot of other areas of our game in terms of having that stabilizing force throughout all your defense pairings.
0: And before you arrived, man, there was a lot. There were more. They had more fires than than Channel Seven Buffalo to lead eleven o'clock news.
2: <laughs> okay, six eighty News. Hyper specific reference. Yes, <laughs> I agree. More fires. But there were moments, right, where you're like, "Ah, the Leafs are great. The Leafs are great. Oh God, they've been hand in their zone for four minutes, and so, that doesn't seem to be the case lately." Yeah. And seven, yeah. one and one with Geo.
0: And the the only thing I ever questioned was the foot speed. Yep. But it's actually it's been a, a good thing for the Leafs. I, I there's a one accusation I've, I've had for them. Sometimes they play too fast,
2: too far up the rink, right? Just
0: too quick, too fast, and it's like, boys, just just slow it down. And geo has got the ability to do that and have two or three options and pick the best option, mm-hmm. the safest option.
2: Yeah. He, he's able to, like, scan through his reads like a quarterback, like, all right, check the A, B, C route. Okay, make the smart play. He, he's able to just get the puck out of the zone. I like the point about putting out fires, about how there's a guy in every pair that does that. It's just, been solidifying. Just, Sorry, a quick, just a
1: quick note about uh, tomorrow with the, the least decor. core Muzzin will be out tomorrow night. Um, Keefe said today that he's dealing with something not related to his injury and that he's just returned from, but he's less than 100%, and he needs a couple of days of treatment to settle down. Not going to play. We're expecting him to be available after that, so Lilligren getting back into the lineup tomorrow.
2: Not related to his okay. injury. Yeah. Let's add that
0: one to concern. Again, how long has he been off? Yeah. What What can you? Po- what can possibly pull groin back just, tweaking a knee but this is a guy that should have been 100 percent healthy coming back and now there's a, a something needs to settle down mm-hmm. he just gets hit with a lot of stuff a lot well, of pucks sticks bodies yeah, but this is also a guy who if i'm not mistaken 32 33 i yeah. mean there's 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 been a lot of wear and tear on Jake Muzzin.
2: Well, part of it too, is to Sammy's point, like the way he plays, just check quick, 33, the way he plays, you know how Kasha gets hit all the time. We're like, you can't play like that. It's not going to work. Muzzin gets hit all the time, but on purpose. Like he puts himself in the way to take a hit, to make the play, to to clear guys out. And you're right. Like those are tough miles on a guy. And you know, twice in a row now in the postseason, he's been hurt, but he hasn't been hurt with something happening. His body just was like, nope, tapping out. So, I I, I kind of like the idea that he came back from injury, had a few games. All right, he's 99%. Okay, we're going to take the foot off the gas. Like, let's make sure he's all the way back because you don't want his body to say, you know, to tell you that he that it's too much. You just can't push this guy right now. He's a third pair guy for them. Not that good Jake Muzzin is not a second pair guy, but you got to play him like a third pair guy to ensure you get to play him.
0: And I've gone on record saying you, you want to win in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you need like nine defensemen. Mm. People are, like, laughing at me. Well, this is the reason why. Mm-hmm. Like, Lilligren is a 70. Somebody's gonna, He's getting in. Somebody's going to disappear on you. Yeah. For... To settle something down. Yeah. And this is 10 games to go still here. Right?
2: It's got time. It's got time. We've got 20 days here before we get to, what, May 1st or whatever. It'll be all right. The... Uh, it's going to be interesting, though, because Sandine could be back, like, with a week to go. So if Muzzin's out or someone's out, which guy comes in first? Is it Lilligran or is it Sandine? I hope Sandine gets some run leading up to the playoffs so they can get a sense of where he's at and not have to find out in game five of the playoffs or something.
0: All right, we got a few more minutes here before we go to break and then uh, welcome Jim Ralph after the break. Uh, let's go to the Matthew Nye's conversation yeah. because I am in Hopefully big trouble here. here. I told you guys this is probably a, another week away we would have seen Matthew Knives in a a leaf uniform. Uh, I I owe you guys a case of Little Buddha, or in is your it, case, your wife. Is,
2: is it officially not happening? Uh,
0: it's it's not happening, guys. Yeah, it, and I said, can can he change his mind? Absolutely, but everybody I've talked to says he is going back to school next year. Sammy and, has thoughts uh, on that. And uh, <laughs> you know, could he have come in and and? And play to not maybe look out of place. Everybody says he's a, a big, strong guy. But the mere fact that this is his uh, freshman year and probably smart enough to know that when you come, when you, when you sign out of college with the Leafs, it's not like signing anywhere else. It's a zoo up here. Mm-hmm. And just maybe he uh, doesn't feel like he's ready just yet or just wants to experience uh, school one more year.
2: Sammy has thoughts.
3: Go ahead, Sammy, and then
0: I'll go. Uh, oh, no. Sammy was going to dump all over uh, him, and yeah, I just listen. gave him every reason not to. <laughs> it's not even out of the Leafs needing him, because I don't think
1: the Leafs necessarily need him. It would have been a bonus. It would have been exciting to see a shiny new toy. But they didn't they send Matthews and everybody to go talk to him? Like, I saw this. You, you're you're going to send those guys there? You're going to talk to Brandon Shanahan, Brandon Shanahan and Kyle Dubas, and you're going to be like, no, I'm good? Like... Well, is he, I, is he supposed to what? Uh, get on a knee and kiss the pinky? No, but it's a big deal. Those guys are coming to talk to you to play for the Toronto Maple
0: Leafs. Oh, Sammy, come on, boy! No, like, tell me that guy. It's clear, I, Sammy's not super fan here. No, but I understand that. But don't you're a
1: hockey player who hopes to be a professional, who has a chance to play for the most storied I'm franchise, and one of the biggest. Still a teenager,
0: years. if I'm not mistaken, is he? Listen, I don't know. Do You want to go back I'm, to school,
1: I'm, or do you want to be paid to
0: get? I got, I got two it's thoughts. It's not an easy decision. Go ahead, JB. To me, it is. You play hockey. I want to
2: say the words that uh, that we said off the air, and I won't specify who said them or where, but, like, the words were, is it loser energy? Is it loser energy to pass on an on opportunity to go play in the NHL and chase a Stanley Cup and whatever? I only throw that phrase out there because it was said by someone. And the idea is just, like, I don't... I don't think that it is, but I personally couldn't not do it. I could correct. I, if I was trying to make the NHL, I guess he's, he's so certain he's going to be in the NHL and so certain he's going to have chances at this that he doesn't feel the rush. But I would want to get there. Prove I'm there. Go play in the NHL playoffs. Go be with the Leafs.
0: Yeah, it takes a special guy to, to say not no be you.
2: to say no, but it takes a special guy to say no in that situation.
1: A yes. very special person.
2: And so my point about this is, is it not better for his development to go to university again and handle the puck and be the guy and score a pile and get to just be a goal scorer, not just a guy? If he comes here, they're going to ask him to run into guys and we don't care if you score.
0: I think he's smart enough or his family or his handlers know that it's a zoo up here. And listen, if if he was property a Carolina, nobody would even be talking about him. We... We know what we do up here. You overhype everything up here yes. constantly. This guy's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He's going to be the next, uh, what, uh, Chris Kreider, you know, when he could still be a Chris Kingle uh,
2: from <laughs> Christmas. Chris Kringle. Chris Kringle. <laughs> Chris Kringle, right? You don't know. Well, he might be Pierre you don't a big body who skates well, shoots some in so and kills penalties. Do, do you don't really know? want to do that to a teenager? I don't think they want to do it to him if he it comes only, here and it doesn't go he well. He was
0: only drafted last year, if I'm not mistaken. Right? He's got he's four 19 years ye- old. 19 years old. He's got four years before I think he can either sign with the leaves or become a UFA. Mm-hmm. And you know those college stories sometimes they they go a little different, right? We've heard college kids not sign go back into the the draft or uh, declare free agency. There is a a, a different feel than drafting an 18-year-old out of junior hockey. Sure. And that's your race. Your race comes out of junior hockey, not necessarily out of college. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've heard stories, and we've heard stories about how great these kids are and Hobie Baker Awards and, you know, found money. Don't you remember – you know when the Leafs were the front runners for Jimmy VC,
2: yeah, right? Yeah, and they they it was his, like,
0: can they get his dad? They had his dad. Yeah, they had his dad scouting, and they also drafted the brother. Do you remember the brother? No. There was a brother there that I got mean, I drafted. This, a yeah. VC brother got yeah. drafted. Yeah, you know what they told Jimmy VC? Mm. Come sign with us. We'll sign your brother too.
2: Yeah,
0: and he's like, well, I don't want to sign with you, and I don't care about my brother <laughs> that much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they overrated
0: <Right>? his relationship <laughs> with his brother. What eh? do you mean? <laughs> yeah. we're, we're saying we're going to give your brother a contract too. He's like, yeah. yeah and that's you know great. what he said? <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not signing with you guys.
2: All I so know is I, I think the Nick Robertson thing up here really played poorly with with the Nye's camp. That it like it. You know, he, Robertson was put in a tough spot. A lot of pressure. Didn't go awesome. The heat's on him. I, you know, I think it's. They know that the market can be hard on guys when it doesn't go well right away. I don't, I don't, that's gotta be part of it. I'm just surprised, is all. Yeah.
0: Well, I'd cost me a case of Little Buddha. Are well, you I kidding just, me? I'm just surprised. That, that's, sure that's free advertising.
2: Sammy, Sammy's popular. He's gonna go to a cottage, distribute them to 80 of his friends, yeah, and all I, of a sudden yeah. you're gonna have new customers. <laughs> I
1: just, <laughs> Brandon Shay comes and asks me to play with Felice. I'm coming to play with Felice. And
0: that's and it. I, no I, more d- punctuation. I, I think it's a little bit more, I think he would have added some depth. I really do. Yeah. And he would have got to play in the NHL in the playoffs.
2: For the Leafs, for the chance. I Just surprised. Little red flag. I guess I guess if you're looking at your for next me. year for him, God, he'd play next year, too, because they don't have any salary cap
1: room. He's 100% playing next year. <laughs> anyway. I, I, it's red flag. That's play. all i got
2: to say. Whoa.
0: All right. Sorry, Sammy. It's all good. It's all good. The Leafs will be fine. You can still <laughs> order a... Matthew Nye's jersey.
1: No, it's not even. Listen, I don't. Don't really just ca- put a number on I it. I don't really care. The Leafs are stacked. They have a great lineup. Like, yeah. they're in the best position to win in the playoffs that they've been in my this whole era of hockey. All right. But Good. The, but it's just surprising. That's we'll all
0: get, we're done. We'll get Jim Ralph to verify everything you just said after the break, okay? Yeah. Listening Let's and watching, it. Real Kipper and Bourne. Uh, we'll be back after these words. The code word for
1: today's episode to text 590-590 to qualify for your shot to win lease flyers tickets on April 19th is Brown.
0: Breaking down the top
4: stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: I'm Nick Kiprios. He's Justin Bourne. We are a real kipper and Bourne. Just sitting on uh, a call from Jim Ralph, uh, just to kind of pick up even on the the geo conversation. Wouldn't be the the, the top priority if you're Kyle Dubis and you even want to entertain that. Uh, you know, looking at the, the the players that you have to sign as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Labushkin, I think, uh, needs a new contract. Sandine, I think, needs yeah. a new contract. A goalie, point. a, a goalie needs a new contract. Like there's a,
2: there's a, there's quite the line. There's yeah. quite the line for uh, Kyle. And barring Geo coming in for one of those sweetheart deals, like I don't think you can afford him. It's going to cost anyway.
0: You know, one guy who we can afford. Jim Ralph. (laughs) He's a good deal for us. I don't know though. He's been really good this year and I'm just scared that his price is going up. Let's welcome in the voice of Toronto radio, Jim Ralph. How are you, pal?
4: Oh, you know how much Joe Bowen would hate you saying that. (laughs) 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 I I appreciate that. Thanks
0: guys. (laughs) Is, is Bonesy making Jim Ralph money?
4: Uh, yeah, (laughs) only it takes me a little longer to make it than he does.
0: (laughs) Um, how are you? I think, I think maybe since the last time we spoke or had you on their show, the, um, the Leafs might've come up with a little bit of a different look. And I'm not just talking about Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner filling the net. Uh, you know, how do, how do you see them going into these last 10 games uh, when it comes to maybe style of play?
4: Uh, well, it's not. You know, even though you would have liked them the game Saturday against Montreal to put it away, you know, they had a two-goal lead, they had the five-on-three in the third period, um, I like the fact that they didn't give much up. And and to me, that's probably going to be as, uh, as important an issue over the last few games as if whether they can score five or six goals again tonight. You know, can they... Can they play those shutdown, you know, semi-boring third periods and get the job done when you get a one-goal lead? So uh, there's a lot of little things like that I think we'll look at. I think, um, you know, the league's a lot like Florida. Uh, I don't know if you can bank on five, six-goal games to, to outscore your problems at the other end of the ice. So uh, I, I think that's what I'd look for, uh, Kip and Borney, is the, uh, just how well they can seal games off having to uh, to make it a track meet like, like we did see in Florida, that 7-6 game.
2: Ralphie, they're saying that uh, Jack Campbell is still not a hundred percent. I don't know if you have any sense of what that means or what it would be exactly. Um, you know, in the event that there's more Eric Shahlgren than expected, I guess your thoughts on that in general.
4: Well, I, I think it's. Um, I was a little surprised, mm. um, maybe borderline horrified, that Campbell ended up coming off the uh, the uh, long term injured reserve. And plays four games in six nights, yeah, uh, I, I thought you know there was part of it that was, you oh know my God, can you imagine if through fatigue or or something along those lines or even going in cold uh, against Florida, um, you know they can't afford to lose them and uh, so I was surprised at that. I was surprised that he he started again in Dallas on the Thursday to make it four and six um, So I'm, I'm not sure where where the injury. Occurred because it, it seems odd to play him four and six and then afterwards say he's not 100%. Uh, I find that a little odd. Uh, the other thing is, though, uh, you better make sure that you've got somebody else ready that uh, the team's comfortable with and uh, somebody that has some confidence uh, going into the playoffs is, is Jack uh, Campbell's backup. So I think that's, that's sort of the positive. But uh, Sheldon, by the way, has been much better at home than he has been on the road this year. So... I don't know if it's uh, a huge issue that uh, he's playing tomorrow night instead Campbell. Uh, you,
0: you bring up an excellent point. And uh, out of that four of six is that, uh, that strange game in Florida and whether or not Shulgren was hurt or not or the perception that he was, would that have been one of those games where I don't care, Shulgren, if you let in 100, we're not putting Jack Campbell in this game.
4: That's that would have been my feeling on it, and uh, I know I believe Sheldon Keith said afterwards that uh, Jack was already up and ready to go, so, so it was like you know we we didn't want to disappoint him. <laughs> it just seemed a, a, a bit of an odd, uh, but but I think in the moment Sheldon Keith just wanted to win the game, you know that uh, didn't want to blow a five-one late. didn't want to uh, you know have those negative thoughts creep back in, even though obviously it didn't quite work out that way, but. Uh, yeah, that's, that, that, that was the part for me that I thought, um, you know, unless there was an injury that was going to knock him out for a significant amount of time, uh, I would have thought that, hey, that this game's yours. you gotta, you got to take it on the chin and, um, you know, ride with it. either learn from it or, um, you know, it'll, it'll destroy you, but you're going to get the opportunity.
2: What do you make of the battle for positions in front of him? Timothy Lilligren on the outside looking in right now, his guys played very well for them for a long stretch. Do you like them more with Labushkin in? It seems that the coaching staff prefers that as they head towards playoffs.
4: Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm really, I've loved Labushkin since he's come here. Yeah, And uh, I, I did find it odd that, you know, he, he sort of starts in the third turn and ends up with Morgan Riley. And, uh, then he goes to being the first scratch when Muzzin comes back, and uh, I, I think, you know, through through all the pairings, I think we can all agree that uh, Muzzin and Justin Hall just don't work anymore. Um, you know, they they were put back together for the Florida game, and I think um, I think they were still plus, but uh, were on the ice. I think there we're four goals against. Uh, some of them being power play, um, and for whatever reason, that doesn't work. I thought uh, Hall and Brody were great. I thought Muzzin and, and Brody. Uh, we're solid. So, um, you know, whether the or your seventh guy are not going in, like we you know, I'm sure hopefully going on a deep run, you're going to need all those guys. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a guy coming in and all of a sudden has to play top four minutes after sitting the first couple of games. We um, you know even with the injury to Tavares and, and, you know, Munson in the first run last year, uh, you better have uh, more than just your set lineup ready. So, I'm, I'm, I've been okay with with Lilligren being the one out because I think that's, that's it's a it's not exactly a downgrade if through injury he's got to go back in and, and obviously with Mazzano tomorrow we'll we'll see Lilligren again.
0: We're talking to Jim Ralph, Toronto radio color analyst for Sportsnet five ninety The Fan. Uh, Ralphie, ten games to go, uh, and you've got a guy chasing history. How far can he go in Austin Matthews, and what? in your eyes, would be the objective outside of uh, an individual thing like what Austin's going through uh, overall? Uh, Would you start thinking about resting guys, i.e. Tavares, um, or, or, you know, heaven forbid I say it, uh, even pulling out Austin one game or Mitch Marner uh, in in the last week or 10 days?
4: Yeah, I mean, I I can see, obviously, the reasoning behind it, especially if, if you've got second place in the division sewed up, and, and that may not happen uh, until the last week of the season as well. Uh, the other thing is um, I think it might be a tough sell to a player where you're going to say we want you to set out for, you know, you might uh, get some pushback, whether it's Mar or Matthews or, or John Tavares, but guys who just want to keep with the rhythm of the team and, and keep playing. Um, so, it's a, I mean, I'd certainly be okay with it. Uh, especially when you look at how much they've got in March. I think it's, what, 14 games in 27 days in one stretch. So, I mean, I'd certainly be okay with it, but, um, you know, guys have pride, and, and guys don't always like missing games, and that might uh, that might be an interesting conversation between Sheldon Keith and uh, Austin Matthews as far as taking him out of the lineup.
2: You know, while we're doing interesting conversations, I wonder what they would have to be saying to Willie Nylander, who now is playing... Uh, on the third line and you know, the team's been winning for the good of the team. And if not, you know, that, that's supposed to be what matters, but you know how players are. That's probably a little bit frustrating for Neilander. What are your thoughts on the way the lines are constructed right now? I'm just, I'm not certain about what a camp Engvall Nylander line is supposed to do, but they've been pretty good. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on the third line?
4: Yeah. I mean, we've seen, uh, you know, Nylanders put his power play time at, um, uh, you almost wonder at times if, if Nylander is one of those guys that just has to be the best guy on the line and as opposed to, to sharing the the opportunity with John Tavares. And, um, you know, I, I think he's competed harder uh, playing with Camps and Engvall. And, uh, you know, we've seen the breakaways are still there and the scoring opportunities. And, um, you know, I think you like what Engvall's done with his game, that, uh, you know, his speed, I think, can match Engvall. Uh, you know, not bad rushes and everything else. So, um, it, uh, Rainbow can, can match Willie Nylander, uh, when they're on the ice together. So, uh, it could be something that works, but you know, if, if you know, you get into where you're down, maybe two, one in a series, uh, you know, and that'll be putting Nylander and Tomars back together.
0: Um, just as far as, uh, uh, again, uh, uh, the defensive core and, uh, and what geo has brought them specifically, we had a conversation about, uh, you know, where he is short-term and long-term. But uh, has he slowed down the game in a positive
4: way for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Are you talking about Giordano? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And For him, you know, again, and I, I think we might have made this, or I might have made this comparison uh, the last time I was on with you guys. But remember, Nick was near, near the end of his career was still as smart with the puck and making little plays as, as he was or probably better than when he first came into the league. And, uh, I really wasn't. Um, my expectations for Girodano at this stage of his career uh, were not over the top, that he was going to be a difference maker, but he really has been. And uh, great at anticipating passes. It seems like he's always got a stick in the right place, squeezes guys out along the boards at the right time. And then there's just that that little shift, a little turn in a five foot pass to get the puck out of his own. That uh, you're right, and I, I think that's a great way to put it. Gippy slows the game down, where it's not that fire drill where let's you know let's get those two short passes and the fifty footer to the guy at the blue line uh, at the far end uh, out on a breakaway. It's more a little more methodical, and it's a little more defense first and safety first, and. Um, he's been able to create offense doing that without having to, to do anything spectacular or gamble or pinch and get caught.
2: Well, now that we've discussed all the window dressing stuff, let's talk about Austin Matthews. Um,
4: this guy, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's the name of the story. That's not the window.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's the whole kit and caboodle. Um, I, I have two questions. One is just your, your thoughts on his play. You know, how, if you see something different in the way he's played lately, he's just been so dominant to my eye. And the other one is just on the 50 and 50 being in season. Does that matter to you that it wasn't from the start of the season in terms of counting it as a 50 and 50?
4: Yeah. No, you know, what's funny, Barney, is there, uh, there's, there's so many records that come out now that, and, and kick, you know, when you played, you'd have no idea who in league history had the most uh, points in the months of March. You know, of, there was no way to let people know. So, I mean, so a lot of these stats that come out, you're going, know, mm-hmm. uh, okay, okay, that's pretty cool, I guess. But I uh, give credit to everyone's keeping track. You know, <laughs> Mitch Marner had the best 30 days in league history. point yeah, right. <laughs> and, and I remember Daryl Siddler being interviewed, saying it was after the second period, uh, when he had the 10-point night, somebody came in, and I think he had seven in the first two periods, and he didn't really realize he had seven points. He didn't know what the record was. Uh, he was oblivious to all of it. So it's it's sort of neat with all these records. Uh, I, I'm not sure I would have heard, with all due respect to Babe die. I'm not sure I would have heard his name again if it wasn't for some of the other records that, that Austin Matthews has gone through, right. uh, which is kind of neat. In fact, I've I've, I've got one for you. Uh, and, and Kip, don't make fun of me for this because I'm telling the truth 100%. Uh, it came out on Twitter a few years ago. The OHL uh, had the, the top five winningest goaltenders in OHL history. And my my son saw it, and he sent it to me. And I was third on the list. And I thought, you know what, that's pretty, I had no idea I was third. <laughs> and, my, and my son said, Dad, look at the years. So I looked at the years. And I realized I was passed in 2007. I actually held the record for 26 years, and had no idea until I was third. You know, and my—I <laughs> think how my life could have been different. And I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, told, I told my son, I said, I think I would have—I'd be on TV now instead of radio. I said, I think I walked a little tall. I said, I don't, no way, I would have married your mother. So I said, there's just a lot of things. uh, But that's what I find funny about these records is, you know, now we're in an era where everybody knows everything that's happened from, you know, uh, 1920 to now, uh, which is kind of neat. But I I think when you ask most players about certain things, um, a lot of them are oblivious to it until they're told that it's not a record or something, you know, they've they've dreamt of breaking. uh, Because a lot of them, I don't think, knew those records existed.
0: You know, it's not too late to jack up your appearance money.
4: Yeah,
0: I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> missed that boat. <laughs> yeah, I
4: think that ship sailed. Yep.
0: It, um, I don't get this one, uh, you know, and I don't know, Sammy, you tell me, was there a lot of attention on uh, is he a truly a 51 and 50 or oh, yeah. is he not? And some acknowledge it, some don't. Like I live
1: perpetually on Twitter, so maybe it's just my little echo chamber, but people seem to be pushing back pretty hard. The
0: idea of yeah, 50,
2: 50, 50 and 50, you know, you know it didn't not come... to start the year yeah. basically.
0: Ralphie, in terms of, of, of the look of a goal score for Matthews, uh, it is much different than an Ovechkin. Um, but uh, you know, over the course we've been around, we got to live through, you know, Gretz and Mario and Brett Hall. I mean, where, where do you stack Austin Matthews up with, with the greats?
4: Well, I mean, the thing is, he, he probably hasn't even hit his prime yet, which is the scary part. Um, uh, what I like in, in his development, even if you just want to say solely the goal scorer, is how he, is, he has added uh, you know, different ways to be successful. Uh, you know, we see him, it's hard to imagine him getting better than he is right now, uh, stick on stick, uh, stealing pucks from the opposition and creating offense that way. But now we're seeing him score on redirection. We saw him score against Montreal on a rebound, where it seemed early on in his career, when he was the uh, you know the forty to forty-five goal scorer, it seemed like everything was barred down. It was that wrist shot, little toe drag, and bar down. And now it's it's one timers, it's rebounds, and it's. Um, I think that's what you find impressive is it wasn't uh, he was happy with forty goals and he's just going to keep playing the same way. Uh, he's pushed himself to find you know, other ways to, to find the back of the net. And let's say that the playing with Mitch Marner doesn't hurt either.
0: <laughs> what was it again? The third most uh, wins? In
2: OHL history.
0: Yeah. Are you Googling oh, okay. that? No, I'm just jotting it down so Snopes. I don't forget. He's on snopes.com. So yeah, when it... and I'm,
4: probably, I'm probably 12th now. But I, I, uh, you know what, Kip? I think I can send it to you. I'll text you right I just, right
0: <laughs> just got to make sure when I uh, introduce you from here on end that uh, I start and finish with it. That's all.
2: No, just introduce them as the winningest goaltender in OHL history as of 30 years ago, or as of 26 years ago,
4: was it, Jim? Well, no, actually it was as of... Probably nine years. Was it
2: nine years nine ago? Nine years oh, yeah. ago. The yeah. Winning is yeah. All right, Ralphie.
4: Yeah. <laughs> New intro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if you want to save the trouble, I could just introduce myself. <laughs> for sure. I'm, sure. I'm pretty sure it means a little more to me than it does to you.
0: Okay, but just remember, we only got about uh, 15 minutes <laughs> in the segment. Okay.
4: No, well, I'll start with the uh, the Peterborough game in '81. <laughs> <laughs> He's Jimmy Ralph. Uh, thanks, thanks for me. doing this, Ralphie. All right, Kevin nice, Take care. Thanks,
0: thanks, You know he, he is right because uh, I mean we had no internet, we had no yeah. Google, we had nothing like that. And I don't know when it was, a few years ago, someone told me that I was seventeenth, uh, I guess, in OHL uh, goal scoring history. Okay, yeah. Which you know
2: you were like, all right,
0: uh, league's been around a long time. Yeah. You know, awesome. So, you know, top twenty. Yeah. In history. I, mean, I I found that pretty cool, but something that you would have never no. would have known.
2: Well, and to, you know, for today's show is a great example of this. We opened the show and I said, going back to April 9th of 2021, Austin Matthews has 71 goals to dry settles 59. You know, Sammy had that and Mitch Marner going back four months and a week to the, you know, has it is bizarre now. How we'll just take these arbitrary endpoints. Yeah, I find like, that
1: it's prevalent in baseball over like a baseball season. Be yeah. Like, yeah, you know. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just dominates yeah, but, on Monday night games. Mondays, but, but, but he's but just unbelievable.
4: Yeah,
0: hockey's turned into that because there are people that uh, really don't have much of a life <laughs> okay. and can dig this stuff up. Like, I I love it on Mondays
2: it. against goofy-handed goaltenders. The <laughs> Leafs on the road
0: are yeah. yeah. So are are you one of those uh, super fans, Sammy? That are that's pissed off that this doesn't. Ex- Get acknowledged as fifty and fifty.
1: No, I don't I don't care. I just think that it's amazing that he's scored fifty goals in his last fifty games. I don't really care if it gets acknowledged, to be honest. It's just it's it's sick.
2: I do think though, you know, when you say, you know, this many players in league history have scored fifty and fifty. Do you get to include him in that conversation? I don't think so. I feel like the answer is no.
0: I don't think so. I, I agree. Uh I I do believe that uh yeah, it's yeah, you shouldn't have an off season to uh to break that.
2: Right. Like it's gotta be from the start of the season yes. to and, the and, first fifty and, games. And have the stress
0: of a shorter period of time to do it.
2: I still feel though that like the Tiger Slam when he won all all four of the majors and held them all simultaneously, it's just as impressive as 50 from the start of the season. It's probably harder to go fifty and fifty at the back end of the season. In fact it is, given the quality yeah. of play saying the Tiger Slam, very impressive. But for the cute little
0: but did he, sections. But did he four-putt 18 to ever win one of those majors?
2: Oh, my uh, You know what? Uh, Scotty, he should have shot it in pool cue style oh, okay or missed God. a couple more because he could. The highlight of my weekend,
0: other than Sammy sent me the video replay of his uh, <laughs> beer league game. <laughs> was when uh he covered his mouth up missing the third putt. Yeah. Which was like Do you
2: think he even had a moment of like is this about to be the world's the biggest meltdown in the history yes. of the Masters? Thousand percent. That
0: thought No no mind. he knew exactly how many strokes he still had to go to win this he, thing. Did
2: he die weight the last one in the hole? Because I had a legged in number four. I can tell you that. <laughs> but,
0: but for a split second he looked like us missing a putt. <laughs> um, That's you know, what I loved about
1: it. I yeah, the, it was a bit of a boring Masters. Kind of three boring Masters in a row now.
2: It, to be honest, it, it was pretty dull. I, the, I was barely checked in. When Rory hold it on 18, I was like, oh, is yeah. the, 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 You need a Tiger to make things Oof. interesting. That was a little sad on Saturday, boys.
0: Sunday was better. Okay, he was laboring. Aren't, I don't like seeing Tiger no. like
1: that. I will say, just a quick Masters take, if you'll let me if you'll uh, let me have it. Sammy, be just careful quick, here. Just quick, very quick. Um, Cam Smith gained two strokes on Scotty Scheffler in two holes to start the round. Scotty Scheffler yeah. duck hooks his, his drive on three, then he chips it in for birdie, and that won on the Masters. I truly believe well, that doesn't Smith
2: go in. Uh, blew his chip yeah, by and yeah. then made bogey on the yeah. same, from the same spot, right? That hole,
1: if that chip doesn't go in, we're talking about Cam Smith as the Masters champion. So there you go.
2: By the way, new Scotty Scheffler fan, said he's crying before the round, didn't think he could handle the pressure, cried after the round. I don't know why that... He's the man. Warms my heart, but I loved it. I think he's he's
1: got a chance to do a couple majors this year for sure. Nice.